0: Hi, and welcome to the Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the Super Busy Mommy Coach. Hello, and welcome to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, Super Busy Mommy Coach. Uh, For those of you who have been listening to this podcast, you might've heard that I was working on a product for the new year and that officially launched in January. So if you want a do-it-yourself at-home transformation that is specifically made for busy moms who are sleep deprived and constantly interrupted, but don't want to settle for less than a hardcore workout with excellent results, this is for you. It's made to be interruption proof extremely flexible and gives you everything a hardcore regimen needs to include, plus the nutrition and lifestyle hacks you need in order to manage your stress and be able to be that mom who handles everything with grace. It's made specifically for single moms, moms in the toughest situations. So whatever it is, if you want to check it out, go to superbusymommycoach.com and check out the do-it-yourself transformation program or hit me up on Facebook or Instagram at Super Busy Mommy Coach, and I'd be happy to answer all your questions and see if it's the right fit for your lifestyle. I am very excited to be here today with Mel Bacobo. Uh, Mel, she actually does some things very similar to what I do. She helps busy working women to create mindful eating habits and strategies so that they're free to enjoy all events in life. Mel and her amazing husband Johnny founded the Ohana Strong Transformation, which you can connect with them online or in their brick and mortar location in Los Angeles, California. Mel, welcome to Mel, welcome to Badass Moms. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you. Yeah, so um what we do is super similar in that we both work with busy moms. Um, you know, uh, my focus is more on like single moms, moms in crisis situations. Your focus is more on married moms, working moms. Um, but there's just so much overlap that when we talk, it's like we can go forever and ever and ever. And so, let's see where this conversation takes us. We have so much in common.
1: I I mean, I loved our you know, we had a quick Not even a quick prep call yesterday. It was almost like, like you said, it was like almost just a podcast yesterday. Yeah, I was like, I wish I had
0: pressed record. Then we started talking. It was supposed to be like a quick, like 20 minute prep call. And an hour and a half later, I was like,
1: why didn't I record this? I think we were talking, and I think I had some curse words. So I think maybe it's good that we didn't record it. So we didn't want it to sound like Jerry Springer or anything like that. <laughs> totally. We got our professional
0: faces on yeah, now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, like, let's just start off. I, like, we started talking about yesterday, what is going on? right now with busy moms? Like, what is the state of busy motherhood in 2020 in the United States, in the Western world? Like, what are we facing? What are the
1: issues here? What are the obstacles? I mean, I think what it is as being, even if you're not a mom, you're a busy woman. And it's like trying to cram in these things. And then when you have a child, it's like, how do i create you know great habits how do i be the role model and like we were talking yesterday you know your kids are saying mom i want to eat mcdonald's mm-hmm. and so the strategy is how do you get your child to eat and how do you get to eat healthy and that's where i love to tell busy working women like yeah you can have your kid have his happy meal but be the role model and make the healthier choice so let's say your kid has its happy meal but you have your um, grilled chicken salad or you have your um, yogurt parfait and then your child becomes interested. Like mom, like, you know, you're eating healthy. Like, why are you doing this? And then it becomes that conversation. And we were saying that like in the state of like children nowadays, like they're so into their electronics that there is no conversation happening at the table. And if mom is on her phone and then you're kind of you know, role modeling, like, okay, I'm on my phone. So I guess it's okay for you to be on your phone. And then that, that is where, you know, this disconnect is coming right now. Like a lot of kids right now, they're, they're on electronics because their school is kind of almost like requiring them to, I had spoken to a mom and like, they're like, yeah, they're on their iPad. And you know, the teacher sends them their assignment on their iPad. So it's like, where is the communication there too so it it all stems from like you know us as adults like what do we we want for our children like yeah you know we want them to be efficient but how are they efficient as a social being and that's where we're losing a lot of the connection now it's i don't know what you see but i see that like when i'm just out and about with, with john my husband it's like I can glance over and the whole family is on their phone at the table having lunch or having dinner and it's like wow where does conversation happen and I think that's where I'm trying to say like, like there's no conversation there's no human connection and that's what we're missing nowadays with parents and and their kids mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I hear that and I think um you know like phones and electronics are tools and yeah. We have, like there are other tools, right? Like a knife is a tool and a knife can be used to yeah. sculpt a magnificent piece of art. It can be used to cook the dinner I made yesterday and, you know, chop up some apples for those uh, muffins. <laughs> and it can also be used to murder yeah. somebody. It's a tool. Um, yeah. And it's not good yeah. or bad. A knife isn't good or bad. It's how we choose to use it. And same thing with electronics. Right. Electronics, I mean, this is, they're one of the most magnificent advancements. The internet, everything we, ha- we have, we have the like the knowledge of the world in the palm of our hand. It's amazing mm-hmm. when you think about it, but a lot of us aren't using that tool in ways that serve us very well. Like when we're using it for, and, and don't get me wrong, we all sometimes pick up our phone for mindless entertainment, but like yeah. if that's, a big use of your time on the phone, mindless entertainment, trying Mm -hmm. to escape an awkward moment or discomfort in real life, or just like escape what's happening in general. Mm -hmm. And if you're passing that down onto your kids, you know, then I think that's where the problem is. So everyone's like, everyone sees that behavior and it's really easy. Mm -hmm. Like when when there's temptation, it's easy to fall into some of these negative behaviors. Right. And so people see that Uh behavior and they want to say, phones are bad, electronics are bad. And I'm like, dude, these are some of the most, this is some of the most amazing technology we've had. How do we become better users of technology? How do we teach our children to use technology for productive reasons? And I don't, I can't say I have a great answer to that. I'm just trying to figure it out. And so for example, um, for Uh, For Valentine's Day, I uh, surprised Eric. He found a YouTube video, um, because, I mean, that's what kids do. They come out of the womb and go on YouTube. And so he found this YouTube video with this indoor playground he's obsessed with. And Mm -hmm. so one day he's like, Mommy, we have to go to Sweden. Eric's (laughs) five years old. Um, Mommy, we have to go to Sweden.
1: You're like, What? (laughs)
0: <laughs> we have to go to Sweden. Why, why do we have to go to Sweden? To the playground, mommy. To the indoor playground. We have to go to Sweden. Yeah, Interesting. So my son was just, you know, he's young, very innocently saw this video and was like, hey, let's go to this indoor playground in Sweden. I live in New York City, for those of you who don't know. And he was like, um... <laughs> okay, we'll have to, we'll have to think, think about that one. But so anyway, I've actually um, never been to Europe. I've always wanted to go and I never had the opportunity. I wanted to plan a big vacation this year out of the country. And I thought, you know, what the heck, let me look into where this place is in Sweden. And it's turns out it's uh, like an hour and a half train ride outside of Stockholm. And I looked into that and <laughs> it seems like it would be an awesome trip. So for Valentine's Day. Um, Eric got a little, uh, sort of a, a treasure hunt and, um, I gave him a, a Valentine's day car and it like gave a hint for him to look under his pillow. And then there was a little box of chocolates. No chocolates are not healthy. It's a once in a while thing. Um, a box of chocolates, he opened the box of chocolates and there was a little note telling him to check his iPad for a text message from me, by the way, texting for young children is an amazing way to teach them how to read and write because it's inherently motivating, especially because they see us on the, on the electronics all the time and they want to do the same thing and they just get so into it. They practice their words. It like fills in the words a little bit for them. And so I taught, like I practiced reading and writing and typing with Eric through text message a lot. So he texted his, you know, he checked his iPad for a text message. It told him to find the app called Google drive, which I had downloaded on there. And then when he opened it, there was one document that was entitled Eric, tap here. And when he tapped it, it said, you know, surprise, we're going to Sweden. And it was like oh, a kid friendly awesome. itinerary I had made.
1: Oh, yeah, that's it awesome. had like an
0: internet, like treasure hunt type of thing, like a scavenger hunt for him to, like, you know, um Google things and, like, use Google Maps. And he never, like, he hadn't learned how to do this. So we were, like, learning together. I taught him how to make screenshots of things and we would, like, that's put so it in cool. the itinerary. So he's learning how to, like, you know, like, put together a document a little bit, like some of the basics. I mean, he's five years old. He's learning how to do a Google search. He's learning how to look up directions on Google Maps. And that's, you know, like,
1: now and that's I different. Work.
0: Yeah, totally. Like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if he's going to all of a sudden like take these skills and start. Like my hope is that when he gets curious about something, we'll get into the habit of, well, why don't you Google it? Or how can we find that out? And instead of him just being like asking me questions, because, you know, kids ask you questions as if you're supposed to know everything. Like, mommy, why is that there? Why? I don't know. Did I put it there? I have no idea why that's there. You know, like, mommy, why yeah. did they just do this? I don't know why they did that. You should yeah. ask them. You know, they just expect us to have all the answers. And Google does have all the answers if you know how to, you know, evaluate the quality of the information you're getting, which right. is another skill for kids to learn. But so it's like, you know, I'm hoping that with us doing this together, we're going in April. So we have a lot of time. Um, for those of you listening, it's now February 23rd. Um, I'm not sure when this will get published. That'll be up
1: to, you know, Jock, the founder of the Holistic Therapies. <laughs> um but, I mean that's cool that um, he could be your next uh, travel blogger. You never know, you know. I and mean? he sees you, you know, having these podcasts, so you never know. You're bringing up the next, uh, you know, podcaster blogger. You never know, so that's really cool. I mean, we have
0: vlogs from our last trip. He made some videos like we're in Petersburg right. now. You
1: know, <laughs> we did an Amtrak train adventure. <laughs> but that's the thing; it's giving him the confidence to like go on camera. Like, I mean, for me, like. I know doing this for me, like, a few months back, or even last year, like, I'm like, oh, oh, no, like, I don't have the confidence to do that. But, you know, as like, you know, when you have a business coach, or like, you got to put the reps in just like you're working out, like, you didn't have all the answers in the beginning, you didn't have all of your, um, let's say, like, you did a deadlift, there was a whole, like, Checklist like, okay, is my body like this? Am I doing that? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And it's like you get better as you go. And I think that's a lot of the things like in self development, like, yeah, you, your confidence is sometimes it's just not always there. But when you put yourself out there, it's just a whole new ball game out there because now it's like, am I doing the right thing for me? Am I happy with what I'm doing? Does it matter what someone says? And you know, we talked about that, about like, you know, us and you know here we're, we're segueing our bodies and where yeah. we are at this time in this moment and like we were talking about like okay here in LA it's our cold season you know mm-hmm. like we we're talking about like a kind of wimps here in Los Angeles like when it turns 60 it's like all right let's let's get our puffer jackets out let's
0: let's, <laughs> let's hibernate and drink hot cocoa all day
1: <laughs> we'll still see us like probably like in shorts you know <laughs> you know puffer jacket Uggs and shorts and so like, <laughs> like you know, when it's this time, it's like you have to make that decision. Am I going to be, you know, on point, me not like not on point, tighter with my nutrition, tighter with my macros, or is this my season just to be healthy and just, you know, maintain and enjoy life? But the thing is, when you make that choice, you have to be okay with the results you're getting at that moment. And I think that's where we are talking about, like people make their decisions hoping it's the same result, but it's not going to be the same result as if you have your nutrition tighter, you have your macros tighter, you have better choices. Like, I'll be honest, like during the wintertime, I just want to eat like comfort food. Like I just want to be like in, you know, cozy clothes and, and my workouts, they're not as intense per se, but, you know, you're still moving around. You're still doing something, Mm -hmm. but that's the choice that you have to be okay with. You're not going to be as tight as toned, you know? And, and like we were saying, like, it's maybe you, it's not your season right now, but maybe when it gets warmer, you're like, I'm going to be in shorts. I'm going to be a dress. So that's the motivation there. And that's for me, that's where I'm at. Like when, when the start, the sun starts getting hotter, like you're like, all right, you know, let's, let's get tighter. I mean, I mean our bodies are amazing and they adapt and we have to kind of like see and adapt with it as well too like who we are yesterday one year ago 5 years ago we're not the same being like um we had we had a conversation John and I with one of our old you know boot campers and she's probably I would say like in her 50s maybe maybe her 60s and she came back to us and she like I want to look like this 20 year old. You're like, you are not that person. You know, it's like your hormones are different where you were at 20, whereas 50, you don't have the same stressors in life. Like when you were 20, I'm pretty sure you were just going to school. That was just your main priority. You know, maybe you had a part-time job as now you have a family, you have a business, you have, you know, maybe your parents that you're taking care of and other obligations. So your effort is not going to be as the same as that. And, you know, when you were probably in 20s, you just slept all day long too. Like, you know, <laughs> you, went out, you went out and the next day you just went to sleep, you know, and, and, and you have priorities when you're older in life. It's not like you can sleep the whole day, like after you've only, you know, worked your butt off for five hours. And so, you know, it's like those conversations, you have to have those real conversations with people and, and they don't want to stand in that truth, like I am not that same person. And it's hard for them to move on because they like to see themselves as as that past individual. And they're always looking backwards. They never look forward to stay present in, in right now. And so I always say like, you have to let go of the past so you can make room for the present to reside. And that's the thing is like, they need to understand that. And that's always education. And we always talk about education, driving compliance. And sometimes we have to say like with our integrity, like, look, I I can't help you because that's not what I do. And I think that's a responsibility as a coach and, you know, to, to inform people, like, I'm not the coach for you because that's not who I am because maybe I was that person. Maybe, you know, that's the way I coached before. Like, yeah, let's do a six week challenge. You know, let's get your, let's get your weight down. And we talked about that weight loss and fat loss are two separate Beast, yeah. yeah,
0: it's like you know, let's get you to lose a bunch of water weight so that you can look like that for one day at mm-hmm. this event, and then you're going to gain it back plus right. more. Like, why, yeah,
1: and and so it's the education again. You can go to the sauna, lose five pounds, is that what you want? Well, then you get you have your weight loss, but if it's fat loss, you want that is more work in itself. That's mm-hmm. like being tighter with your nutrition, that's tighter with your workouts. You know, there may be some times where you can't have you know, go on that vacation and go balls to the walls and have everything you want. It's going to be that balance, you know, and it's like, okay, if you are tighter, your, your progress may be faster, but if you want that freedom, you'll get there, but at a slower pace. And it's, for me, it's like, we all want, you know, I was talking about that, you know, that the flat abs, the booty popping, the lean legs, the sexy arms, but at what cost, you know, to your life? And we talked about like, are you, are you being paid to be a super fitness model? No, if not, then, you know, let's, let's, let's tone it down a bit and live your life to where you can have those non-negotiables, your wine, your beer, your chicken wings or whatever, your burger, and you can have date night. And, and I would say, if you can't sustain this lifestyle of eating for a whole year or I mean, what is it all worth to you? Like, ask yourself those three questions. Can I sustain this this eating habit for a whole year? Can I put my non-negotiables in? Can I do this for date night? And if you say no, then move on because that's not for you. But if you say, well, yeah, I can do it, then okay, I respect that. Yeah, totally. I mean, like there's nothing wrong with,
0: wanting to look the way you want to look like or or not wanting like not caring about how you look either exactly. there's nothing wrong with any of that it's a personal choice and if you do want to look a certain way then it's up to us like you said to educate people on what it will take to look like that and see yeah. if that's really the choice for them if that's really what they want and to be honest about what it'll take as opposed to like you said the 6 week challenge wow. where they lose some water weight and that's it or you know Whatever these like shortcuts that don't actually last in the long term. Um, and then at the same time, if it, it's up to some people, like if somebody wants to eat burgers and fries every day and they say, you know what, I just want to live it up right now because who knows I could be dead tomorrow. Hey, yeah. if you're educated and you understand the consequences of that and that's the right choice for you, then you feel that's the right choice for you, like I completely support that. You know, like it's up to the individual and you know, but. On the other hand, I think one of the problems we see now is that you have a lot of people who are working really hard trying to do the right thing and get results, and they're not Mm -hmm. because of misleading marketing claims. And that's a whole other issue that I think can make it difficult because people will come and they'll say, oh, I can't because of my genes. Okay, well, what have you been doing? And it turns out they're doing a bunch of things that actually sound that they think are healthy, but aren't in their self-interest and mm-hmm. might not be what their body needs, even if it worked for their friend or their mother or their coworker. Right. Um, and so that's another thing that can get pretty messy.
1: Yeah. So I mean, uh, we talked about, um, I have this thing about your workouts are useless un- until you do the four S's and I talk about Yeah. Yeah. So I talked about that, you know, it's like, I kind of, the analogy is to a fork. Your fork has four prongs, but without those four prongs, you know, it's not a fork, but each prong is also as important as the next one, right? So like I talked about, you know, uh, stress less, Mm -hmm. sleep more, your sustenance, your nutrition, and your self-care. Now, if you don't do those four things, why, why even like just have workouts as your priority? Because as we know, and we can't, get away from stress these days like it's just our society it's just we're just go 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 you know but the thing is how do we manage our stress you know and it's almost one of those things where that conversation of when you eat less it's stress like let me go down that road again Mm -hmm. eating less is stressful working out is stressful not sleeping is stressful not giving yourself care, of course, is stressful. Not, you know, having those things in place, you know, wh- what's your workout for? Like, you're going to be sleeping only for five hours a day, then you go to a hit workout, which is another stressor. Like, people don't understand that your body does not know whether you're doing a hit workout, whether it's an or in that's running away from a tiger in that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in this, what we call your sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight mode. So... Let's say busy working mom, you know, what are you doing the first thing in the morning? Getting the kids up. You're going, driving them to school. Maybe you have like a workout in and then you're busy at work. Then you're like trying to scrounge for like, okay, what am I for lunch? And then you have meetings. Then you go home and you're like, okay, I got to pick up errands. I got to go to the grocery store. I got to pick up the kids. So it's like you're in this constant mode of stress. And when you put that workout into play, it's like all you're doing is just your cortisol level, your stress hormone is always high all the time. And when do you ever come off that stress hormone, that fight or flight syndrome, where you can just rest and digest and be yourself? And and people are missing that. And I think as a mom, you would never say that to your child, like, oh yeah, okay, just keep on going, just keep on going, just keep on going. You've always said to kids, like, you need to sleep so you can grow. And it's like growing mentally, emotionally, physically. So why would you do that to yourself? Because you would never tell that to your child. And when you put it in that context, it's like, okay, you know, let's go back to basics. When you can master the basics. Okay, let's, let's, let's put a workout in, you know, did you sleep? Did you eat? I always say people have to earn their workout. I always tell them, okay, I'm only giving you three days of workout because here what we do in Ohana Transformations is boot camp style, so is hit style. Yeah. So if I'm going to tell them, you can only have three workouts in. You have to earn your fourth day with your recovery, meaning sleep and nutrition. If not, then you can't have your fourth day. Your fourth day is probably going to be just walking. It's self care, walking, yoga, meditation, journaling. You know, spending time with your girlfriends, your friends. I mean, I think that sometimes we miss that, 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 that permission to pause. Like it's okay. You know, you, you have that opportunity to be mom, to be sister, to be daughter, you know, and it, and we're missing that now. It's like, just slow down. You're always busy. It's time to slow down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel about that?
0: No, yeah, I think you're right. The recovery is, You know, an important part of the workout because the workout is basically, you know, stressing your body. I mean, first, I I think clarifying the difference between um, different types of exercise. I like to I like to um, distinguish between physical activity Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: training. Um, there are lots of types of physical activity, yes. um, but not all of them are training. And so training is when you're you're methodically challenging your body in a progressive uh-huh. way over time in order to get fitter. So to get stronger, to get faster, to get more flexible, whatever the case may be. That's training. And then uh-huh. there's physical activity, which is where you're you're moving, and that can include training, but it can also include walking, which isn't really training for most people, you know what I mean? Right. Like if, if you're recovering, if you're elderly, that might be considered training. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not really training for most people. Um, light physical activity, playing with your kids, you know, like throwing a ball around at the park, um, you know, things, and, and this can be different for different people, right? So for somebody who's an intense athlete going for a jog might just be considered physical activity and not mm-hmm. training because that's too easy for them. They do it because they enjoy it and it's stress relief and it's kind of a maintenance thing, but it's not right. really training. So, you know, like depending on your, like, this is very personal. Like if you were, if you were just injured, training might be, you know, practicing standing up from a chair, you know? Um, yeah. and so I think disti- making that distinction is really important. And then what you said about recovery, when you're training, you need to recover. And while you're recovering, there can be light physical activity based on your fitness level. What is considered light physical activity or moderate physical activity will be different, but that's, you know the recovery is crucial and for recovery you do need sleep you do need the correct nutrition because if you're breaking your muscles down when you train the point is to signal to your body that they need to build more muscles and make them stronger they need to rewire rewire your neural network in order to be able to handle more and if you're not giving your body the building blocks the nutrition that it needs in order to do that it's not going to happen and and so i think like you're absolutely on point with the recovery. And, you know, that's one of the things why the program I have, which again is more geared towards like, you know, single moms, like moms who can't necessarily get to have somebody to watch their kids while they go to the gym where they try to, you know, they, they wake up at 4am to do that workout. And then their kid, you know, pees the bed and has night terror. And well, there you go. Now we're, when are they going to do their workout or they're on their way to the gym and -and so-and-so needs to go back and do poopy. And (laughs) then, well, they just poop their pants and there goes gym time. So that unpredictability. And so one of the things I do um is everything is done in short bursts to allow for that recovery time. It's spread out more throughout the week. So while you're doing like, you know, longer, these um hit style, like, you know, longer workouts, mine will be like a a six minute burst here a couple times a day. You know, we have like these six minute bursts kind of spread throughout the day. And so Mm -hmm. they'll do it more often, but it'll be really short where they're not overstressing their body, where they can recover, where they're focusing on different muscle groups. And it's you're a hundred percent correct that with busy moms overtraining is a real uh concern, yeah, because when you're that stressed, especially you know when you have younger kids where you're waking up in the middle of the night to feed, you have toddlers, whatever the case may be, when you're that strained, and especially if you're someone who's really into fitness before you became a mom or before you had this next baby, um, what used to be considered really easy for you, maybe just light physical activity, could actually be overtraining if you can't give your body that recovery. And so um, that doesn't mean you can't do hardcore workouts. It just means you may have to work up to them differently. You may have your path to this level of fitness might be different, but um, right you know, you're a hundred percent. I mean, I noticed that with myself, I started seeing results so much better when I designed the super busy mommy workout, which wasn't made to be a business. It was made right. because I literally could not find uninterrupted time to work out, um, as a single parent and, um, you know, working full time still had the business open at the time, um, with, you know, my son's father where that hadn't been resolved yet. Um, mm-hmm. it was a lot. And so once I separated it out, my results were better, mm-hmm. maybe, even though the workouts felt less intense because right. I was able to recover fully. And so I was getting the, re- the full effects from each workout as opposed to chopping
1: those effects by trying to do what I always had done before. Yeah. And so that is the cool thing that you've made something work for you and now you're making it work for single busy mommies. And and I think, like you said, as a single mom, it's like your mom, your dad. So it all depends on you. So it's like, like okay, like how do I get this workout in? And you know, it is the cumulative effect. It's like okay, six minutes here, ten minutes there, six minutes here. Yeah, you're gonna get a 24, 22 minute workout. But it's in it's in the whole day. And like you said, because you have that longer rest period, you can go hard again in six minutes. You can go hard again in ten minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. You know, just that kind of like a ten minute hit or like a ten minute training session. And you can go like you can go hit and you can go bodybuilding at the same time and you have like the yes. best of worlds, you know? You so, just which hit is the nail on the head. <laughs> cool. Like for me, like I've been doing hit style workout for A long time and at some point your body takes a toll and it's like dude i'm done like can you can you switch it up to something and i really totally totally on point with like um seasonally changing up your workout like maybe you are hit session this this three months maybe let's change it up to do bodybuilding because then it's again you're you're switching that neurological stressor to like okay she's giving me rest like like Doing a bicep curl is, is so much different than doing a burpee. You know, you do, like, 10 burpees versus 10 bicep curls. You know, you can talk doing bicep curls. Like, you, you do 10 burpees, you're like, don't talk to me, you know? Like, I'm doing, like, you know, like you say, like we do an imam every minute on the minute. Can you imagine doing, like, 20 burpees on, like, doing an imam versus 20, 20 bicep curls? You're like, you yeah, know, it's like you go... So okay, I have that type of personality where like you give me a time, like I'm going to like try to kill that time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you I like that style, but I know like in in the back of my mind I'm like, okay, you got to cool it. Like that's that's enough. Especially when you're like around like super motivated people, you get sucked into that energy and I think that's why people they love that style. But you love that style but you're causing kind of like a death within yourself of your whole total being. Like you forget that I need to rest. But you know, like switching up your workout, periodization your workout. Period. Periodization. Per, I, yep, I think it. I'm saying it right. Yeah. Periodization. Yeah, your work. You know? <laughs> like happens when my 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 mouth and my brain are like. On, like periodization. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean. I know exactly you know what you mean. It's a, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> so I switched it up to more strength training. And like you said, like, I found out, like, my body likes it better because I get to recover faster because it's not – it's always like kind of like a lower body than an upper body, maybe like a pushing and a pulling. And I still work in the hospital, so knowing that I have stress at work then i get to do this and it's not as stressful i think my body's like thanking me even more like okay now because like you know we we were talking about like women we forget like what is our goal you'll say i want to lose 10 pounds but i want to make muscle and then so again that's different modalities and so we have to ask like the right questions of like okay if you're going to make muscle you're going to have to eat more to have that hypertrophy you're going to have to lift heavy but weight loss yeah you can go with eating less and doing that metabolic training but you're not necessarily going to build that muscle that you want and it's like again like having that period of like okay this is your your weight loss fat loss this is your like we call like you know your muscle building your your recom, and mm-hmm. it's that education like where do you really want to be because they are not they're not overlapping protocols are so different mm-hmm. and when we can get down to it then it's like okay i'm not sure i want to eat more but you have to eat more to look like that and what they see on social media is you don't know what goes behind the scenes like these girls are eating like maybe 3025 to 3000 calories but again that is what they do for their job that is their job to look like that you're here as mommy as busy working mother, you know, you don't have that time. I, I, I even struggle just try to eat like 16 to 1700 calories. Like, like eating becomes almost your job as well too. Like, Hey, you have to eat. And again, we'll go talk about like knowing how much you're supposed to eat again, like your basal metabolic rate, your BMR. Like we are conditioned to train more, eat less. And where has it got to, gotten to us? Nowhere. We're still at the same place, you know? So it's either you go there, you can't eat less anymore. Like if you're eating 1,000 calories, where are you going to go? 800. If you're training five days a week, where are you going to go? Six, seven days? So obviously that's not working. So you have to do the opposite. You're going to have to eat more, train less. And knowing how many calories you're supposed to eat. And I know some people, they don't track calories. But it's sometimes important just to do it initially just to see where you're eating, because then you'll know, like I say like the easiest way is like knowing your BMR. there's many calculators out there, but I say the easiest way is like if you weigh one hundred fifty pounds times ten, you need fifteen hundred calories. I bet you all if you track it, I know you're probably only eating a thousand twelve, twelve hundred. I see it all the time, and if wow. I look here yeah. I mean, yeah. like
0: with desk jobs, I see the opposite. It's like people are at their desk and you're bored. And so it's almost hard not to eat all day. That's yeah, interesting.
1: Like, yeah, we were talking about that because when you really track too, then you see that they say they're eating healthy, air quotes, healthy, but you look at it, it's, yep. And you'll see it's all carbohydrates and this minimal amount of protein. So it's all like probably carbohydrates and fat. So Look, it's I gluten-free know. cookies. Exactly. It's it's only a hundred calorie snack pack. Yeah, but look at the ingredients. Yeah. Like how what did they do to make it a hundred calories? Like, look at like the list is lengthier than if you had even just a regular cookie that had like butter, sugar, flour, what else is there? I don't know. Um, baking soda, like you yeah. can read that. Like I would rather you have that cookie rather than that hundred calorie snack pack, you know? Totally. Like 30 Even billion like, ingredients versus
0: five. Mm-hmm. Even people who are like pretty well-informed, I think um, there's the, what what a lot of people are missing are being able to tweak for their individual bodies and situations, yeah. right? So for right. example, yogurt is like, you know, it's supposed to be a really healthy food. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, for a lot of people, dairy is inflammatory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, according to research, probably for most people, dairy is inflammatory. Some people can assimilate dairy well. Most people it's inflammatory. And if you were to cut it out, you'd feel better. So is yogurt a health food? If you're one of those people who can assimilate dairy very well, then yes, it's a health food. But for most people it's not. But also if for breakfast you're having yogurt and then, you know, with some granola on top, which has added sugar, but Mm -hmm. maybe your body needs an efficient source of calories. Most of us don't, but you know, honey, you know, honey or whatever, agave isn't necessarily unhealthy. It just depends what your body needs. Most people don't need added sugars in their diet. But okay, cool. So you're having some of that with the granola. And then for lunch you're having, you know, a whole grain roll with some some lean turkey on it and mm-hmm. avocado mayo and then for dinner you're having some, you know, rice with a uh, salmon and I'm like, okay, so those are those are all really, you know, I can't say that you're having any bad foods, but where are your vegetables? <laughs> like, you know, and like just eating the wrong amounts, the wrong proportions of different types of food in their diet is really big, is really um a big issue I see, and not knowing how to adjust that, right? So, um we vary in our ability to assimilate um protein from plants. And so for people who can easily assimilate protein from from plants, having a more plant-based uh, nutrition regimen can be really helpful. Whereas mm-hmm. for somebody who has trouble assimilating the proteins from plants, having a plant-based regimen is detrimental because they really need the more easily uh, uh, digestible proteins from animal products, Which and then they go to their yogurt. And maybe you don't need yogurt. Maybe you need the fish, or maybe you need yeah. the beef, or maybe... Um, you know, with the agricultural practices we have today, the hormones from those things wreak havoc on your body and you need to move in more of a plant-based direction. You know, being able to kind of see these, um, these nuances and these tweaks that need to happen uh, can, can be the difference between success and failure. And that's why this diet worked for your friend and your coworker, but not necessarily for you. And I mean, like, that's just, yesterday we were talking, you know, like what's going to be the theme of this podcast and it came up <laughs> the nuances. Yeah. And, and and I'm sure, you know, by the time this episode goes out, there's going to be a much snazzier title on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good at snazzy. I'm yeah. good at like dry academic, boring yeah. stuff. So, um, new, it's the nuances of fitness and nutrition that a lot of people don't understand. And that's all these marketing claims out there yeah. make it, much more difficult because they claim, well, research says you should do this. No, research doesn't say you should do that. <laughs> yeah. Research said that in a trial with a hundred people in the right. control group and a hundred people in another group, this right. group, you know, in the control group, 30% of the people lost weight, which is what would happen if nothing were done. And in the experimental group, 50% of the people lost weight. Well, that's 20% more of the people. So everybody should do the yeah. intervention they studied. no. Yeah. No, what happened to the fifty percent where nothing happened to them? Yeah. Where they gained weight? What yeah. happened to those people? What were the other factors that might have, uh, you know, been
1: at play with the people who did? T- there's. I'm gonna go on a rant here. I, mean, like, I, I know, like, nutrition is so individualized. Your nutrition has to be personalized because if you don't take into account who the person is, what have diets have they done? What is their mindset? What is everything going on because it's not like in a bubble like okay i give you this you know protocol and poof you know things are going to like happen just like that and it doesn't happen like that like mm-hmm. something may happen maybe for someone in 6 weeks something may happen for someone in 12 weeks and maybe in like 20 or maybe even even a year so like a lot of women right now we've been under eating because we have been under eating we have to kind of slowly build up our caloric intake. And because your body sometimes doesn't know what to do with food. Like, like Nancy can be like that rock star where you have her eating more and bam, she loses it where you have me, I'm the type you added more, I gain weight, or you have another individual like Jill, she just idles. So it's like, you know, it's like, okay, so I can give more to this person because you know they assimilated better like you were talking about and they taking cows in the booth they they just lose weight but like for me it's like it's almost like baby steps baby steps you know and and that's the hard part because yeah i want to you know make progress but i have to see what my body does with it and you have to know what the individual to because they can be like yeah i don't mind gaining weight whereas this person has not been eating they're afraid to eat because if they gain weight their mindset is if I eat food I gain weight and so they starve themselves so this is not the person where you're gonna go like okay let's go macros yeah. this is more like hey let's incorporate like healthier eating things I mean like her diet was like I go to Starbucks I have pastry and I have a coffee, a frat okay so let's make the better choice. If you say that that's what you do for breakfast, okay. Maybe why don't you do is why don't you have maybe an egg cup, and maybe why don't not have a frap. Maybe you have an americano with a splash of, you know, creamer. Like go like you almost have to go baby steps with them because they're on this journey of their own, and you can't impose what you know was to be true because that's not as a coach. You just have to lead them to the better choices. You can't impose what you want to do because I can have Jill that's a rock star and she can be on macros and she's just on point, on point, on point. And that's like the ideal client. Like you're like, damn, like, wow, that's that's so amazing. Like you give her like, okay, 10 grams more protein. Like, okay, got it, coach. Like you look at their my fitness pal like it's like between like five, or you know, you tell them, like, okay, well, you know, I'm feeling like they say, like, okay, I need more recovery. I'm not sleeping like, Okay, let's bump up your carbs. All right, coach, got it. You're like, yeah, that's the person. But those are two extremes where if I eat, I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to starve. I'm just starving myself. Whereas this one is like, I want to eat everything and I'm going to train. And so it's like, again, it's like these nuances of like, where do you go? It's like, it's very individualized and, and outside on all the social media, it's like, okay, six week program, here's a template, but it's online. They don't see you. And so that's the beauty of when you're having one-on-one coaching where they can say like, you know, life happened. I wasn't on my macros or I didn't eat healthy this week. Okay, let's reset again. Okay, this week. Okay, let's make the healthier choices. And so it's not about like, you got to be on point all the time. Let's adjust to your life because life happens. Life is just not like linear. We're like, yeah, okay, we're well, just going to slide on by, you know? So yeah, so that's what we were talking about.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think, I mean, that's one of the things you hear a lot, right? Well, no, I really want to, I really want to start with you, but I have to wait until blah, blah, blah is over because I won't be able to do it. And I'm like, no, no, Mm -hmm. this is, this is when we should do it because whatever we decide to do for you needs to work and get results when your life is happening. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like well because i have to travel a lot for work right now yeah. so we should figure out how you get results and stay healthy and strong and whatever your goals are for your own body while you're traveling a lot for work that's yeah. that's what we have to work on you know it's not
1: let's wait until life is peachy because then it's never gonna last <laughs> i mean like life you're always gonna be, gonna be a constant busy like Where in your life are you going to say like, oh, I'm never going to be busy. So I'm going to wait three months from now when I'm not – maybe you'll be less busy. Mm -hmm. But even when that three months happen, when you say I'm going to be less busy, you don't know what's going to happen in that three months again. So let's deal with what you have now and let's play the cards that you have because this is the cards that you have. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to change because Jill's cards are different from yours. Because like I had that habit of like – you know you see these things and you're like, "Wow, it worked for them, and you want it to work for you too, but again, that's not their body, and that's that's why it didn't work because you're not them, yeah, you have, you have your own body, so let's work with your body. you know maybe <laughs> what they did is is totally like they've been like you know always eating the healthier choice, where you've been just like like I said, like the Starbucks, you know, the, well, you know, there's cookies there. So I'm just going to eat that. You're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, nutrition. You're going to take a longer process than, than that person. So you may have that six, six month journey, a uh, one year journey, as opposed to a six week, 12 week journey. And so it's bringing that awareness to that individual. Look, this is where you are. This is where you want to be you have a lot of work that has to be done. You can't expect if you gained weight in six years, like 60 pounds in six years, to get off the 60 pounds in six weeks, it's not going to happen. (laughs) It doesn't happen like that unless you starve yourself. But uh, as a coach, you're you're like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. If that's what you want, I cannot help you. You can go to someone else, Mm -hmm. but I can't allow that for myself to say like, I'm gonna let you lose six sixty pounds in six weeks. Like that's I don't know. You know it's what I mean? It's gonna be
0: unhealthy. Yeah, totally. It really goes against it goes against our integrity to do something like that, you know? And mm-hmm. and also, I mean, you're right in that the the transition you're changing your lifestyle, you're creating habits, mm-hmm. and that can take a while and it can be different for different people depending on um how much the new habit and lifestyle clashes with the old one. Mm-hmm. And but when you think about it, like I mean, think of it as, like you said, a six-month journey, a one-year journey, even a three- to five-year journey in some cases for certain things. What is that compared to the rest of your life if it's actually going to last? You know what I mean? It's really really nothing. There's no rush here. There's no race unless there's some imminent health danger that you're in. So do it in the way that's actually going to be sustainable instead of
1: going around in circles Mm -hmm. doing things that you can't actually stick with. Yeah, and that's how we get that yo-yo dieting. Like, okay, it worked for six weeks. Okay, now I'm done with my six week. Now I'm gonna eat the way I was eating before those six weeks. Okay, I gained the weight again. So now let me do yeah. another six weeks. Okay, I lost the weight. Okay, I'm gonna go back, and it's that it's that cycle. And it's like you were saying, like if you can probably just lose maybe one pound or half a pound a week, at, and be a cumulative effect of ten pounds over maybe six months, and keep it off. I mean, I would take that over the 10 pounds in six weeks and gain maybe the 10 plus more, mm-hmm. you know, and you're back to square one and going backwards again, as opposed to, you know, they would say slow and steady wins the race. There is some truth to that because you are going at a slower pace. You are making those changes so your body can accommodate to be like, well, okay, you know, I mastered this. It's always like, okay, you mastered this. What else can, can we add on your plate? And it's understanding, again, the individual maybe their life is very stressed out that all they can do is just add protein to each meal, not track. And, you know, that may be the better thing. Like, okay, let's add more protein. Let's add veggies. So every time you have a meal, focus on protein and veggies. Now carbs, you know, it can be like, okay, have a healthier carb. Maybe Mm -hmm. the banana is better than the candy bar, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's always making those better choices. Like, okay, you mastered that. All right. Let's let's add more protein. Like you had maybe like you were talking about like maybe palm size protein. Well, let's make it a bigger palm size. Let's add more protein. It's, it's adding on to those positive habits because if you don't master the basics, you're never going to make it a lifestyle. And it's all about making it a healthy lifestyle that you don't always have to go back to square one and relearn them again. You know, it's like, I had a conversation with one of my clients and she had went to this, you know, boot camp and they give him this plan where we were talking about the tilapia, the asparagus, like who eats tilapia and asparagus every day in their life, you know? Oh, meal plans. And it's not even healthy, like tilapia. Like he told me maybe, you know, wild caught salmon. Okay. You know, but to do that for six weeks, just to lose weight, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, what did you learn? You didn't learn anything. Like, how did you learn healthy habits? You didn't learn anything after those six weeks because they don't even transition you after those six weeks. It's like, okay, let's do another challenge. Okay, you want to lose, you want to bulk up now? Let's, let's go on another plan, you know? So, and it's so hard getting those people out of that mindset. So with that client, all I had her do was make healthier choices. Like her thing, her non-negotiable thing was, her chicken wings and beer. And because she was on the six week planet, she used to like crave more. I don't want to call it bad stuff of that kind of nature of food. Like her fun, I'll call it fun food, you know, her chicken wings and beer. So she used to eat like 20 wings and then maybe like a pitcher of beer. But because I said like, let's make healthier choices. She says, you know what? I don't crave it as much anymore. I'll eat like five wings done with it. I'll maybe have just like like a glass of beer and I'm done with it. And she feels satisfied. She doesn't feel like, she doesn't feel guilty. She doesn't feel deprived with her diet because you can incorporate that. It's like, okay, if today I'm gonna eat chicken wings and beer, I'll make the healthier choice for breakfast and lunch. And that's the balance. That's the beauty of you navigating your whole life. That's strategy for Mm -hmm. your life. You create that habit. Now you have a strategy to enjoy your life every day. And Mm -hmm. that's so much more powerful than giving them a meal plan, giving them a template, because now each individual makes it work for themselves. And it's not always, Mel, what do I eat now? Oh, well, I'm I'm going to a vacation. They're not gonna have oatmeal, they're not gonna have eggs, they're not gonna have this, they're not gonna have that. Now it's when I go on vacation, like, okay, that's a protein, okay, that's a carbohydrate, that's a veggie, that's a fat. There's my meal, done, easy, right? Yeah. Meal planning it.
0: Yeah, totally. Like people ask like, oh, I want a meal plan. I don't give people meal plans. I Mm -hmm. collaborate with them to design their own meal plans so that they learn how to do so. Because like you said, then when you're done with the six week challenge, what are they going to do? Yeah.
1: I don't know. There's no way to keep
0: the results. It's not sustainable. It has to be learning. You have to learn how to create your own nutrition regimen and make those decisions for yourself in a way that works. If you're going to make it last for your entire life, that's it. You know, I'm Um, totally with you on
1: that. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I think when we overcomplicate things, like everything Mm -hmm. is super complicated, like I'm so guilty of it. Like I've been down this path, so I know that struggle and I know that anxiety of like, oh my God, this is I can't make it work because I'm looking at my meal plan. I'm looking at my template and they're telling me to eat this, but they don't have it here. And it creates this like, like I can't go on vacation because uh, you know, they're not going to have what I have. And so, like you said, it's giving them, giving them back the power. It's empowering them. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, tell me what you like to eat and we can work on it. Yeah. because Yeah. Like, t- like I'll go with them. Like, okay, tell me what you like to eat. What's your protein? And so I like to have things like, you know, the rules of threes. Okay, let's have three proteins. Let's have three carbohydrates. Let's have three veggies. Let's have three fats. You pick one from each category. You have your meal done. That's it. Like don't overcomplicate things. Your body knows what to do with those nutrients because it's real. It comes from nature. Now you get something from a box. Your body doesn't know that's where you start gaining the fat because it goes those toxins go into your fat. It's like, I don't know what this is. What do you want me to do with it? You know, it's actually trying to save you by putting it in your fat because it doesn't know what to do with it, Yeah, you know? And I've come, for me, it's it's been a struggle for me because uh, the post that I I did yesterday was like looking the part because when I started dating Johnny, like he was a personal trainer and I'm like, oh my God, do I even look the part? Am I tone enough? Do I have the abs the arm the legs you know the butt you know what are they going to say if i don't look the part then it goes down this rabbit hole of finding that next nutrition plan finding that finding that training protocol and it never worked because it wasn't the problem the problem was me making stories in my head that he wanted it for me and it, it wasn't that you know it was me trying to build myself into something who i'm not and that's not who i was Mm -hmm. and when you can see what the root of your problem is it's majority of the time it's going to be your mindset and how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. you know so along with nutrition there's a lot of mindset training too like hey how did you feel when you when you ate healthy you know most likely to be like you know what i feel so much better I feel so proud of myself that I ate this way. And that's like, that's the win right there. That's the win that you want. It's not losing that weight. It's not that number on the scale. Because if you go through life saying that that's who you are, that number, it's not like, hey, Mel, I know you, but you lost 10 pounds. It's like, hey, Mel, I know you're a good person. You're successful. You know, that's not how people are known that are successful. Oh, you know, that's Nicole. She's the one that lost 20 pounds. They don't say that. They say no, the one that helps super busy moms, single moms, with their with you know their nutrition. And that's what you're known for. And so when they get away from that number, they can focus on different things in their life. More positive mindset, more positive relationships, personal development. It all trickles through. And now they're not so focused on one thing in their life anymore, just that number, just me grinding at the gym. And you become much more than that more successes in life yeah and
0: I think like also there's um there's an idea like embedded in our culture that we like people feel uneasy if they if things feel easy and simple it's like if I'm not struggling and pushing Uh then there's like there's something wrong they don't they don't feel at ease like there has to be it has to be difficult yeah and I think that like busting through that a bit, you know, like especially with single moms, moms who are in crisis, busy moms in general who are just stressed out and burned out, it it doesn't have to feel bad. There is yeah. a path. And again, it depends on your goals. If you want to look really great for an event in a month, that's a completely different protocol and, and journey than if you're doing this to create habits for the rest of your life, right. but it doesn't have to feel bad. It doesn't have to take very much willpower or discipline at all if you do it right. And the reason is because when you start to make healthy changes, and I mean, it's up to us as, as the coaches to right. guide them to make the changes, the high leverage changes that will cause the effects that make it easy. But what makes it easy is when you actually feel better you know yeah. so when yeah. you make a change and i think as coaches that you know it's we have to figure out what's going on in their life and what levers will make them feel the difference fastest right.
1: Right. but once
0: you feel that difference you can go back and you definitely fall off the wagon sometimes and you slip uh-huh. up but yeah. then you miss it you miss that good feeling and all of a sudden it doesn't take Willpower and discipline to get back into it. You want to. And so, you know, what is that path for you? For some people, it starts with sleep and stress management. For some people, it starts with changing what you're eating, cleaning up your diet so that you have that energy boost, you get rid of that sluggishness, that inflammation, that brain fog. For some people, it starts with the physical activity because once you have the physical activity, again, it boosts your energy and you feel better. And then you're your cravings go down because you have the endorphins and you're not looking for comfort foods to make you feel mm-hmm. better. Whatever it is, everyone has a different entry point. But once you find it, you start this journey and you make the changes. Like you said, you you make them slow enough where you can actually integrate them and make them a permanent part of your life. And I, mean, I use the term permanent loosely because uh-huh. things always change and will yeah. slip up yeah. at times. And whatever happens, but an overall permanent part of your lifestyle. And, you know, so wherever you start, you make the changes. When you start cleaning up your diet, yes, you might miss those foods. But, you know, now when I have a cheat day, I'm like, I'm like, okay, that was really fun. I Uh can't wait to have salad or vegetables because I I feel, I feel the difference in my body and my body craves the stuff that'll make it feel better. And did that happen overnight? No, that journey took years for me because I mean, the the cravings and the way I was, you know, I was raised in a a family, you know, Italian, Puerto Rican food is life, food is love you know the emotional attachment that you have to food when you're raised like that it's it's hard to let go of and so yeah like to to actually transition the way i ate and my thinking took a long time now if i knew what i was doing if i had actually gone to school for nutrition coaching and everything then it would have been faster but <laughs> given i did it on my own it took it took it took years but there was a point when i realized i actually want the whole grains. I don't want the refined ones because I feel better on whole grains and I somewhere along the line and just started enjoying the flavor. How did that happen? You know, when did I start enjoying these foods that I would never touch before? When did I start craving them? You know, now it's like, there'll be times when I'm just like, oh, I just really want to work out. And that didn't happen overnight at first working out was torture. I was the spastic Mm -hmm. asthmatic kid to become an adult who (laughs) works out. That didn't happen right away. But yes, I think for people too, getting rid of this myth that it has to be torture and it has to feel bad or that if it feels bad, if you feel like you're pushing harder, you're making more progress. That's not always Mm -hmm. true either. You know, like it can be more effective when it's, when it feels good on the on the on this journey, and yes, yeah. there'll be some a little bit of willpower yeah. when you first start something, like that first time you have to make the change. Of course, it takes willpower, but if the change makes you feel better, yeah. then soon after it won't take very much willpower anymore.
1: I mean, I'm going to out myself out, and you know, I used to be like that all the all or nothing person and be like, okay, I have to be good Monday through Friday, be on point. And then Saturday is going to be my cheat day. And you know what happened? I became so food obsessed. Like John can attest to this. Like we were talking about, we have this cabinet on the top of our fridge. We call it the attic. We would stockpile food in the attic just so that when it hit midnight, on Friday for Saturday, we would start, we're like, oh yeah, cheat day. So we would have like cookies, we would have cakes, we would have the ice cream in for the breakfast. In, in the, you know, <laughs> freezer. Like we would have, exactly, we would make like ice cream sandwiches. And that was so detrimental to my mom, that, you know, it was like, oh, I can't eat that. Everything was good or bad, good or bad, a good or bad syndrome. And like you said, it took me, it took you, it took me a while to understand, like, have that cookie. Did you enjoy it? Okay, move on. But you didn't have the whole 12 packs of cookie, the 12 of them, because, you know, that's not a bad food anymore, because I can eat it and I can be okay with myself and not feel guilty for having that, that cookie. So like, you know, maybe every day, like I'll have like a piece of dark chocolate. That makes me feel satisfied. I'm like, cool. You know, move on. Mm -hmm. You know, and when it's those days were like, okay, like I'm craving like, you know, maybe a piece of pizza. You don't have the whole pie, you just have a slice and you're like, done, move on. Next day. Like, let's let's just move on. And and I think we miss those things. Like, can you eat that and just be like, I don't have to eat the whole slice. I mean the whole pie. I mean I mean that's a different story. When you when if I think I need to backtrack, I guess you need to know your triggers as well too. Yeah. Because I know my triggers that I'll have a certain food, like I kind of like, you know, that what I do to bypass that is I'll have the personal size. It's like, so like yeah, last night I have these, the grain-free siete chips. So they're made with cassava flour, but they have such a good crunch with the lime that it's either I have to measure it out or otherwise I'll just take the whole bag. Like I'm eating popcorn. like <laughs> you know. So what I'll do is I'll just have like snack size things. So once I'm done with it, it's like, it's out of sight, out of mind. And I'm done. And it, it's again, it, it's a, it's a learning process. I mean, like probably for you and me, like it's been probably over 10 years, 15 years. Like we didn't get this way, like overnight, you know, it's been a process where we are like, where i started was of course like you know we talked about it again was like meal plans and templates but now it's like i did macros as well too am i looser yeah i'm looser because now you can eyeball that and that goes into that intuitive eating that mindful eating because we we have macroed it i can say eyeball that and say like that's about four ounces but for someone that has never done that that's it's a whole different you know you know, another topic of like, you need to first kind of track to see what does four ounces look. You need to weigh that so that you can visualize and say like, that's what, you know, what four ounces look like. That's what a cup of rice looks like, you know, and it doesn't come like inherently known. You have to practice that to have that skill. And then you can become that, you know, we call that intuitive eater. But you also have to become a mindful eater as well too, where like I say, like you give me white rice, I'm okay with white rice. I grew up on white rice, but you give me oatmeal, I blow up like a balloon because it's that fiber content. Like I don't do well with that, you know. And like someone that does sweet potatoes, like yeah, that's my jam. When you give me sweet potato, like no, it's it's kind of hard. And you have to choose the right protein for you that makes you feel well. The right carbohydrates. You know, I don't want to go into that gluten free thing, but you know, like finding what works for you is basically the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And I was guilty of also eating a lot of, I remember reading some sort of like blog and they said, okay, if you eat seafood, it's easier to digest. You know, you'll burn it quicker, so you'll lose weight. But the problem is because I went to Oriental Medicine School, my body constitution is cold. So if you give me the white flesh fish i feel inherently colder i know it's kind of like simple and complex with oriental medicine but if you're going to have fish it has to be that red color you know the one that's been working hard it has like energy it has movement it has yang so i switch whenever i have seafood now it's more of the wild caught fish and before i also went vegan as well too my body <laughs> did not like it like i <laughs> For me, it didn't work for me. Again, as, again, this is going through my personal journey where it didn't, I had to try it to see if it worked. Because they said, oh, going, you know, plant-based, you know, don't have animal protein. I was so more sluggish. Like I was like so sleepy, it didn't work for me. Like maybe for you, plant-based works for you, but for me, it's like it didn't work. Like I was like even worse off doing plant-based than mm-hmm. having animal. And so again, that's the individual again, and that's the beauty. But again, if you are just having all plant-based and you're sedentary, that's another ball game in itself too, because if you're sedentary, you're not burning all those carbs in your body. So yeah, it's always going to be the individual person. And it changes over
0: time. I mean, what well, you just said, plant-based, a plant-based diet worked really well for me until I got pregnant. And then I guess- you know my son must have depleted whatever it was in me where now i really need some of that animal protein in order to um to to function properly to feel right and it's knowing those nuances knowing um what levers to pull too and i don't think it's that difficult to learn um there's a lot that you can learn without Going to school for nutrition. Um, You know, and like that's what I teach in my do it yourself course. Like, there are a few just like food experiments you can do to see how your body reacts to different things that can help you really fine tune your diet to a high degree where you might not even need to go you know, seek a professional because you'll actually feel really good and see the results you want already. And then if you need something beyond that, the dollars you spend when you see that professional or that coach will be much better spent because you've already taken care of the basics, you know? So, I mean, for me, the plant-based did make a big difference with my hormones. Hmm, Um, and then it took, um, me going to a functional medicine doctor who could help me to rebalance my hormones with, um, with, you know, natural herbal supplements Mm -hmm. in order for me to be able to tolerate food from animals. And when I was pregnant, I definitely needed them. Um, that was one of the first, like before I even knew I was pregnant, I just felt really wrong and needed to add that in. Um, but you know, once I was able to add those in, you know, my hormones were balanced. I felt more balanced because I did feel more satiated. Uh Um, and so my body had been, it's, it is, it's hard. Um, if you're not able to work out a ton, like if you are at a desk, if you have to be still throughout most of the day, it's really hard to get the amount of protein that your body needs just to maintain health, Mm -hmm. you know? approximately one gram. I mean, they say 0.08, whatever. Let's just say it's approximately one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. And so for Mm -hmm. me, that would be about um, like 60, 65 grams of protein a day. And it's hard to get that much uh-huh. uh, while eating a whole foods, vegan diet. So assuming you're not just relying on like powders and supplements and stuff, yeah. you know, to get that amount on a whole foods, vegan diet, um, without having so many calories that you start gaining weight. Yeah.
1: You
0: no. Know? And so depending on your goals on your weight, you know, I, you know, people talk about genes. I think the reason I, Got so into nutrition and fitness is because I have crappy genes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's actually really frustrating what you were saying how you'll give your clients something and you're like, well, how did they get results so easily? Yeah. I have to work eight times as hard to get where they are right now. And yeah. then, like, oh my God, I just like started eating spinach and I just dropped like 20 pounds and now I look like a model. And you're like, oh, why yeah. can't that happen with me? I, I have to be like on point 100%. And if, oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, you know, so I mean, genetics plays a part, but I mean, hey, like you can have bad genes and still look and feel great. And I'm actually kind of grateful for my bad genes in that sense because I think if I couldn't see the effects of the poor choices I made on the outside, it wouldn't feel as real to me and I wouldn't have the same motivation to make the healthy changes. And that's what started me on this journey. Now, you know, because I've made these changes, I can feel the effects on the inside very much. But at the beginning, if I didn't feel unhappy with the way I looked because I had the bad genes, and this is all related to weight, right? Because in our society, we have this big focus on it. And so going back, um, you know, before I got on this whole journey and really started appreciating the health side of things, it was, you know, I'm 17 and I feel fat, you know, (laughs) and... You know, so like every seven like, that's what started me is like, like every 17 year old girl on the planet, I was told that because I could, I didn't have a six pack and I could pinch some skin, you know, I was fat and therefore I started working out. But then when I saw my health start to change, my allergies, my asthma, you know, as I started making these changes in my diet, all of a sudden the motivation changed. But, you know, still like, I think, um, if I didn't have the genes where, I like if I could go out and eat pizza and eat McDonald's and all of this stuff and still look the same and, you know, overall not feel that different, you know, like your typical like 21 year old guy. Like, enjoy that while it lasts, guys. (laughs) You know, like, I, I think that it would have been harder for me to make those healthy changes. I think it's actually seeing the difference on the outside and feeling it quickly on the inside with the bloating, with the brain fog that keeps me on track in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm grateful for my bad genes.
1: (laughs) I I, I, I hear you too, because like if it wasn't for my bad genes, like I wouldn't want to also better my life. But again, it's the individual. Do you want to make it better for yourself? But like going back to like how you said you were, you know, you're Puerto Rican and you're Italian and it's about eating. Like I'm Filipino (laughs) we're always about eating. And the thing is they always say, eat more, eat more, eat more. Uh-huh. So of course, you know, you, you haven't have a- eaten in four hours. That's bad for you. Are you starving yourself? <laughs> yeah. and so It goes into this, the eating more is, is, is the love. Like if you eat my food and if I see your plate is empty, it's like, okay, you, them as your family member, they know that you love their food. So that's the love, mm-hmm. right? But then again, it, it builds into these habits of, okay, well, my mom said that I have to finish everything on my plate. Otherwise, it's wasted. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, we were brought in to eat what's on the plate, right? I mean, God bless our parents. They didn't know, you know, healthy versus unhealthy. I mean, they only knew like, this is what we're going to eat. There's food on the table. Be grateful. And yeah, I'm, I was grateful to having food on my table. But the thing is, I, I never learned how to eat healthy Mm -hmm. but as my childhood like I was gaining weight you know as as you go through puberty and you're like one of the chubby kids and then all these girls are having dates and you're just like oh you know and then it goes into like I'm not skinny you know and there goes that that cycle of like I need to be thinner to to matter more and it's not you weigh less to matter more But that's how it is. Like you know, boys don't look at girls for like, oh, she's got a great personality. You know, Mm -hmm. they'd be like, you know, she's she's pretty, she's cute. You know, it's not like, oh, she's good at volleyball. No, it's like, oh, she's the thin one. You know, she's got lots of girlfriends. You know, you you're part of the the in group. You know, and and so it always goes back to your childhood, and it's it's hard to learn what you knew as a child. And going through an adult, it's like you have to make choices sometimes that go against what your family say because you know it's right for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part, too, you know, going against, like, the grain. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, what we're doing is kind of like going against the grain about, you know, I can't give you that six-week challenge. I can't give you what you want because it all depends. And we were talking about yesterday, it depends. Yes. It depends. <laughs> Not depends diaper, but it depends on your body. Yes. You know? <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah, totally. Like that, you know, um, that biofeedback. Like we also mentioned, you know, there's all these calculators and numbers and stuff you can use, and those are great tools for a nice starting estimate. Yep. Yep. And th- and then in the end, at the end of the day, what matters? What your body says.
1: Yeah. And again, how your body reacts.
0: What are the results?
1: That's the simplistic thing. Again, like I know it sounds. Unsexy, saying like it just depends what your body does, but that's the bottom line because we don't know what your body is going to do. Like if I had to curse the ball, then yeah, maybe, but but Mm -hmm. you know we're we're not magicians. You know we're not from you know Harry Potter. You know (laughs) or anything like that. And if it was that easy, yeah, you know I can say like okay, boom, you're going to lose ten pounds and in three months, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But we don't know. And like you said, it all depends. It
0: depends. Totally. Um, And knowing what levers, (laughs) when you see a certain result, what are the actions that connect with that result? And how do you change them to get a different result? You know, that makes a big difference too. Um, I mean, we, we can't, we can't end this podcast without you telling your personal story regarding keto.
1: Oh gosh. So, you know, you hear the keto everywhere. Like that's just like the buzzword all the time. And so I I thought I was, now let me tell you the difference. So I did a little research on keto. Now keto was first developed for children that were not responding to their anti-epileptic medication So back in the 1920s, you know, one of the doctors in the Mayo Clinic, you know, he formulated um, a published study that by decreasing carbohydrates, they're functioning more on their fat. And so here's where the kicker is, like when people are saying now they're doing keto, there's a protocol to keto. It's 75% of your calories is fat. Only 20 is protein and only five is carb. Now you ask a person out there, what are, you know, what are you doing for keto? They're saying, oh, I'm eating protein and I'm eating high fat and no carbs. That's not what keto is. Mm -hmm. That is sort of like the Atkins style diet. And even now, like the Atkins, like they have a four phase program where they introduce carbs back. So it's never taken away from you. And so that's where, you know, I think thought in my mind, well, okay, I let go of the carbs, I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah, I lost more than losing weight. I lost my sleep. I lost my hunger response. I lost my energy for everyday life. I lost my motivation to work out. I didn't want to work out because I was so sluggish. My cravings were high. And basically, it just was not the right thing. Now, there is a time and place for keto. And there is people that don't tolerate keto. And, and, and so for like doing keto, like number one, yeah, for patients that have epilepsy, that have not responded to the medications. Number two is if you have what we call a metabolic syndrome. Now we classify a metabolic syndrome if you have three out of this five. Now, number one is your, rest, your fasting blood sugar is greater than 100. Your blood pressure is over 130, over 85. Your triglycerides are over 150 your HDL, which is your good fat for men if it's less than 40 or for women it's less than 50 or if you have a circumference of your waist for men greater than 40 and for women greater than 35. So if you have three of those, you have a metabolic syndrome. Now, if you have more than three, you're at risk for stroke, cancer, and diabetes. So this keto style of working out it helps them out because it lowers their blood pressure, it lowers their blood sugar. So yeah, it'll work. And number three, it'll work for people that are sedentary. Yes, they don't need that many carbs because if you're truly not working out, if all you're doing is sitting, and it's almost like you want to live a healthier lifestyle. Yes, this way of work of this, of this diet can work. But for people that is not going to work, is for people that are working out. You need carbs. For your muscle, right? So all those people—they're like, "Yeah, I'm doing keto and I'm working out hit style." Oh my god! Like, come on! Like, <laughs> if you look it up, you need carbs for your muscle. You need that energy, right? And next, thing, it, it does not work for women. Women inherently need calories because we were supposed to carry a baby, so we need some fat in our body. So as a woman, it doesn't do well for, for us, but for men, they go on keto, they lose what 20 pounds, maybe like in a month Mm -hmm. and they can function on that. But as women, we can't, you know? And so I had a conversation with one of my friends yesterday and she had, she had the gastric sleeve. Now you're only supposed to have a thousand calories now. In her mind, she was thinking because now she had this gastric sleep, she needs to work out more. So basically, she was doing kickboxing, she was doing Pilates, she was walking, she was doing all this. So she was big, she was she was probably burning a thousand calories. So you only have a thousand calories, you burn a thousand calories, you're left with zilch. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, this is not the thing for you to do. I know you only have a thousand calories, so you inherently have to be a little bit more sedentary because you, you don't have anywhere to go with these calories anymore. So keto can work for you. And I looked it up. There is a bariatric keto diet and it's more geared to them where they're on, I think it's like 60% fat, um, probably 30% of their, uh, protein and then 10% carbs because then they do need some protein for the muscle. So there is a time and a place for keto. And I think People need to know what real keto is. And so I think once you learn that, then it's like, it really, it's not for the everyday person, you know, probably 90 to 95% can't be on keto. So yeah, for me again, like I had to go through it to say like, Hey, it's not going to work for you, but it's up to you. I will educate you, but this is the side effects what you are going to have. Now I can't be responsible for that because I've educated you. Now you are your own adult. Now you make that choice, but I can only educate you because you, I can't force you to say, not going to do keto, but I can say what's going to happen to you when you do keto. And so, yeah. So we have to go through things to finally make the informed decisions.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a tool. Like it's a tool that's in our toolkits and it can work really well in specific situations, but first of all, like you said, most people aren't in ketosis, even though they think they're doing a keto diet. So that's something else entirely. And then even for the ones who are, you know, they're going through these periods where they have to supplement in a million different ways in order to be able to function. And then they say they get to a point where you have the focus and the bliss and okay, that's awesome. And you can get that without going through all that stuff. That's not good for your body, but also like, you can get focus and bliss from fasting. Does that mean you should fast all the time? It's a tool, it's a tool in your toolkit. Maybe there are times to do the keto thing and get these benefits and and probably not do it forever, you know? Um, and then, I mean, that gets into, you know, another thing that we've talked about in the past, which is, you know, you have these tools in your toolkit and, um, I think especially when it's presented to people in marketing, like whether people read articles or they see something on social media and it's making a claim that do this to get results, do that to get results. And I think it's really important to distinguish, like what are the results we're talking about? Because I think a lot of times in, in the media, appearance, fitness, performance, and health aren't really specified. It's just under results. And then people make their own assumptions about what that is. And so for example, when people say to eat or work out a certain way in order to quote unquote, get results, if they're talking about your appearance, that might not necessarily be healthy. And that might not necessarily uh, increase your fitness performance. It might only change the way you look, you know, like make you leaner get rid of body fat, improve muscle, make you look ripped, sometimes dehydrate you in order to do so. Um, and so like that's that could be one version of getting results. And then there'll be information that conflicts. Well, no, actually that's bad. You're supposed to do this. Well, maybe they're yeah. talking about general health. And then another one will give completely different guidelines and well, they're talking about fitness performance. And so for fitness performance, you need to be having more protein than you might need to have for general health. But fitness performance, they focus a lot on the macros and what that does for your muscles. And a lot of times they neglect the micronutrients your body needs for general health. And so if you want to increase your fitness performance, be healthy from the inside out, and like your appearance, chances are you're going to have to combine be able to pick and choose and combine these factors in the right way for your body. And so this is good, this is bad. Do this to get results. No, do this to get results. No, do that to get results. They're all all they're all right in some way. Like there's, science doesn't lie. People say, well, why do you listen to science? Science can't agree on anything. No, that's the way science is presented by journalists yeah. or by marketing people in order to get us to read it to click it or maybe they have good intentions, but they're not researchers They're just the ones writing the article. And so it comes across differently Most people don't get into the nuances of how neutri- um, on how research on human beings works Which is very different than the scientific method you learn when you're talking about physics class in high school Because inherently there are too many variables. And so how, what's the right way to interpret research on humans and I mean, yeah, I think it's just so important to take the tools, whether it's keto, whether it's veganism, whether it's uh, a certain workout protocol, and really dig deep um, and try to figure out, do that additional research to find out what results people were looking for, how those quote unquote results were measured, what factors were measured. And use that to, to kind of paint a more complete picture in your head of what these different tools do and when might be the right time to use them for yourself.
1: Have uh, in our box our tools. Now mm-hmm. this tool may work for someone else, this may this tool may work for you. And it's it's nice to have different variables in your toolbox that you can have for you know the general population the gen pop the fitness population and knowing each each side will make you a well-rounded person it's not like here this is this is what worked for sandy so it's going to work for Jill. like it doesn't work like that you know and and i and i think like the bottom line is like we keep on talking about like it really all depends It, it it's just you need to look at your whole whole person the whole totality because i can't just say here okay. And it doesn't work like that. I mean, I mean like how many times were you had like a to-do list and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this to-do list and things happen. Then you're like, okay, I got to readjust again. It's the same thing. With, it's, it's the same thing with your nutrition. Sometimes it's like this week has been a busy week. I need to readjust. Or sometimes it's like, I'm so stressed out. You know, what can I do to make my nutrition less stressful on myself? and maybe they were on macros. So you, you pull it back and you just say, make the healthier choices. So you're not overwhelmed. And that's okay too, because it's honoring that person. It's honoring what's going on in their life, because that what makes you the better coach, because you understand that person, you understand, you have that connection with that person. It's not just, here's an online program, go with it. And that's where a lot of probably times there's See, things are not as successful. I don't want to say fail, but aren't as successful because they're they're left with this and they can't talk to a person. You know, there's not that, Nicole, like, you know, this is what happened. You know, what can I do? Can we take... Sometimes even I'll tell them, like, do you need a break? Like, do you need a break from this? If there's so much stuff happening in your life, is this a stressor? Now, that is the appropriate thing to do, because maybe this is causing the stress. You know, it's always, you know, I want to look this way, but I have to follow the set of guidelines. But right now in your lifestyle, if you're constantly sick, if you are going through a divorce, if your child is going to college, if you are just having financial problems, then this is not the time to be on this plan for you what you need to do is just be healthy in your situation. So you can manage your situation Mm -hmm. because we can always, we can always go forward again and go back, but let's manage, let's put out the fire. What's going on at the present moment, Mm -hmm. like the 10, the, the, the 10 pound loss, the fat loss is not the priority at this point. It's how are you going to survive in, in this moment in your life? Because Mm -hmm. Who cares about if you lost 10 pounds, if you can't even survive right now, you know, it, like going through, you know, we talked about like relationships, like that in itself is a big stress. Like that is so like, you know, some people just say like, oh, this is happening. It's happening. You know, you, you got to say it. I, I can't read your mind. And a lot of the times, you know, people will kind of give you these mixed signals. I'm not a mind reader. If you don't tell me, Mel, I can't do this because I'm going through this, I can't help you. And it's, if you don't tell me, I can't help you. And, and I think that's a thing we were talking about is that communication. And I think it's building that bond with your client. If you have that good communication, that connection, then that makes your results even better because first and foremost, you are a human being your results is not a indicator of you as a successful person. It's, it's, it's you and me connecting so we can make you successful. And so it's always that thing. Like when I do my, my coaching calls, like weekly calls, I can have one client that can just be on like, she's just on like a straight path, like no problems. She's just rolling with the punches. No problem. I can have another one where it's like we were talking about like okay family situation death of a family then you know like my car broke down then I'm losing my job it's like it's it's totally different again so Mm -hmm. if we can connect I think that's going to be the success of of the relationship the connection
0: yeah and I think you brought up something so important too because yeah I mean I agree with you with the connection um And I also, I mean, what really hit home for me um, just because of my history and most of the women I work with is the part about, you know, adjust, like adjusting your goals for the situation. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a crisis situation, I think, um, you know, a lot of people it's like, okay, I need to stop now. And it's, I think what you said is the perfect answer because it's not about, stopping. It's about changing your goal from maybe I want to lose 10 pounds to look better to Mm -hmm. I need to be at the top of my game mentally and physically in order to be able to deal with this situation with a clear head, make good decisions, have Mm -hmm. the energy to function with little or no sleep for however long it takes to get through this crisis situation. And, you know, for, for those women, I mean, for people in general, but because we both you know, work with busy moms. It's really a matter of survival at that point. Like yeah. you you do the health and the fitness thing not because of bikini season. You right. do it because you need it in order to crush the demands that life is throwing at you. This mm-hmm. is so much deeper than look at me and, and how hot my butt looks in leggings. It's not yeah. about that. But at the same time, it's kind of nice when you do these things in order to crush the crisis that you're in. And then you start to notice that your butt looks good in leggings. I mean, yeah. well, we'll all take that. I'll you know, it that. happens, yeah. they correlate, but that's not the primary goal. That's not what it's about. It's about. Managing the stress, making sure you're at the top of your game physically and mentally. You have the stress management in place to handle a situation emotionally. You know the mindfulness techniques in order to deal with it because honestly, when you're in those crisis situations. And if you're a single mom, it's kind of a crisis situation for a long time. Um, but even moms who, you know, that you have the ones where they have the young kid and this one has this chronic illness and then their their mother had this diagnosis and they're taking them to the doctor's appointments. And it's like, no, this isn't the time to stop worrying about what you eat and exercise. This is the time to make sure that you are Eating very well and exercising, and it might look different, right. right? In order to manage it in that situation, it'll look very different. But this is the time to put more energy into doing those things correctly because that's the only way you're going to get through this situation intact, like mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, mentally, and avoid going over the edge of a cliff and into a downward
1: spiral, right? And John and I, we talk about things. Is your body safe in a safe place to do what you're wanting to do? Like, is the total body safe? Like, are you in a good space that your body feels safe enough to go in a caloric deficit? Like, are you eating enough? Are you creating that safety in your body that you have enough calories that once you start decreasing it, it doesn't see it as a crisis? You Mm -hmm. know, it's more like I have enough calories. You, you take away like two, 300, like I'm still good because you've given me enough. And people don't realize that when you're not giving yourself enough calories, you are putting your body in such an unsafe place that all your, your physical, your physical functions, your physiological function, you know, your mental functions are not on burning on full cylinders. It's mm-hmm. just like barely running. And so, you know, we always talk about like, okay, you want a fast, efficient car like a Ferrari. You don't put crappy gas. <laughs> you, you give it like supreme. You love that thing. You you wax that thing. You're mm-hmm. just like seeing that thing. Now, it's the same thing when you want your body tip-top shape. You know, you're you're like taking care of your body physically, emotionally, mentally. Like it has to be there. So that way, yeah, if I'm running on low gas, you know, I can still make it because I have it's like if you only gave your Ferrari like a quarter gas a tank and then you just did like a race down the street, like it's gone in a matter of moments. But if you're running on full tank of gas and you have that race down that street, you're maybe left with still like three quarter tank, you know, you still have enough gas in the tank if you will you know mm-hmm. and so people are nowadays are just kind of running on like maybe quarter tank and are afraid to refill their tank because oh my god i don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but it, it, it's hard like you know i i've been there where it's like you, you want me to do it uh, you want me to increase my calories you're like uh that's scary it is scary and yeah like we talked about you may gain weight you may lose weight you may stay idling you know And so, again, it's like again, just knowing the whole situation of a person, and just keeping them safe, knowing that what they're doing is kind of putting them at risk for certain things, and that's all that we can do is just let them know, just educate them.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, like Mm -hmm. you have to fuel yourself. The quality, like you said, um, micro, like nutrient density, like Mm -hmm. you know. So even if you're having the calories. Um, you know, I think some people reach the point where they're, they're showing signs of not having enough nutrients of, of malnutrition in different ways. But meanwhile, they're gaining weight. And so they're like, "But wait, I need to eat less. And it's like, maybe you need to increase the density of certain nutrients mm-hmm. in the diet. You're, ha- I mean, there's, just, we could go on about these nuances forever. Yeah. all these levers to pull in situations. And every time you bring up an example, I think of other examples and it's, it could go on forever. Um,
1: We geek on nutrition. I'm like, I'm totally a geek on nutrition. Like I always tell, I always tell people like whenever we go on vacation, I always look for a whole foods or a whole foods type of a place because I know that's where I'm going to get the best quality of food. You know, and it's like if I don't see that around, it's kind of like makes me a little anxious because, like, what is the quality of food going to be at that hotel or around me? And I think when you've gone through life just geeking on nutrition, that just becomes your normal thing. And I always say, like, my Disneyland is like a whole foods type of a place because. Mm I can geek on supplements, I can go around, I can spend time like, then again, I can go to Target as well, too, and geek at Target and just walk around the aisles. So it's like, nutrition is everything. I mean, because as you know, like they say, like, let thy food be thy medicine, by thy medicine be thy food, right? That if I'm saying it right, the famous Mm -hmm. Hippocrates quote, and food is medicine you don't necessarily, I mean, I'll never tell a person to stop taking their medicine, mm-hmm. but there are certain foods that can help decrease your medication, your pill box. Like as a nurse, I see them taking 20 pills a day and like, like, like diabetes. Like mm-hmm. I-, I can go on forever as well too. This would be like another <laughs> podcast on my part two, <laughs> no, this would be like part two on healthcare. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I can go on forever at healthcare, but I guess my whole thing is me being as a nurse where the unit I I work in it's a step down from ICU I can't help these patients anymore they are acutely chronically ill all the time they are so far gone that I can't help them it's like they're in and out all the time and I know it's sad to say but it's jokingly we say like there are family members because they're always coming around and that's bad when we always know like oh that's Mrs. so and so oh that's Mr. so and so they're back and like when you know them that well that's bad that they're in the hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. So the way I am from from being an RN to a nutrition coach is I want to be that person to help prevent them from going into the hospital, to prevent them to reduce to reduce their medication by using food. I mean food is so accessible to everyone. Yes, you may not be able to get organic, but can you get fresh? Yes, you can. You know, you may not be always to get organic meats, pasture raised, or you know free range, but can you get it more natural? Yes, you can. Yeah. So it's always like the good, better, best of what can you do at where you are. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that person as a nurse that say, "Hey, I want you to model what I'm doing because I've made it work. I can't help you right now, but maybe I can help your family members. Maybe I can help the dynamics by eating better, so you have that enough energy." to take care of them because being a nurse, you're just not only a nurse, you're a physical therapist, you're a social worker, you're a psychologist, you're an engineer, you're IT tech, you do everything what it is. So I'm with that patient for 12 hours a day. So yes, I get to know their family members. And this is just my, my thing on healthcare. It's a business,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it, it's, it's numbers dictates, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but it's numbers. Really, like we as nurses, we want to help our patients, but we are numbers bound. You know, I want to help what I can do for my patient, but sometimes it's hard. But I take my take care of my patients to the best of my ability. Now, when I come on my nutrition coaching side, I don't have that limit. I can spend an hour on the phone with you. We can go through things. I can I, I see patients. I mean, I see clients sometimes here in my brick and mortar. And I can be their therapist. I can hold their hand. I can give them their hug and say, you know what? You're okay. You are fine. And sometimes that's all that they need is that just someone to listen to them. In the hospital, sometimes they are in the hospital because there is nobody for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll think, Sometimes it seems like they get sick because there's no one at home. And, and truly that's what it is where they get their social interaction is in the hospital. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. You ask them like, who's at home taking care of you? Nobody. It's just me. Like how heartbreaking is that, that they're in the hospital because there's no one there for them. You know, it's, okay. I can go on forever again. You know? I can go on forever, you know, on that,
0: <laughs> Oh, you know? that'll, that'll definitely be a part two for us. Um, yeah. I mean, but that's, I mean, tell people so if they want to be that person that you're on the phone with for an hour or talking to and helping them work through these issues how do they reach you how do they get in contact with you
1: so i you- am on instagram mel m e l underscore bokobo b o c o b o i have a lot of content mainly on instagram and i'm also on facebook it's my whole name melissa bokobo and you can find me on facebook as well so you can always direct message me on either or, on either or platforms. So even if it's just say, hey Mel, like I just need someone to talk to, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all that they need. And 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 it's hard for people to be vulnerable and to say like, I'm at my wits end. I, I just need someone to listen to. And a lot of the times, like I said, that communication is, is not out there anymore. People don't have someone to listen to them. and. I can, I can be that person. I'm going to be your person in your corner, no matter what nutrition, healthcare, hug, uh, anything I'm here for you. That's beautiful. I mean,
0: it's your, your clients are so lucky to have you. They really are. Your, your followers, the people who associate with you, they're so lucky to have you and to have Johnny. I mean, you're just a power couple. It's amazing.
1: I appreciate that. I mean, We went through our own struggles and I know that's another podcast issue (laughs) our struggles, you know. And if we didn't go through our struggles, we wouldn't have this concept of living 360 degrees of success, not only fitness and nutrition, but but positive mindset, making it have the love in your relationships, having personal development. And and it's not just like one thing where you're successful, it's a well-rounded thing. Because if I say those are your four pillars, if you only have one pillar that's standing your whole house still collapses. So you need four of the pillars to be standing in junction to have your house, you know, be up and running. And so by doing that, it also trickles down into the kids, into the family members, because then they put themselves first and say, I matter, I'm putting myself first, forget everything around me because this is what matters. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times we become the martyr. Like, oh, we don't put the oxygen mask on ourselves. We help everyone else but ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of time what happens Why people are in the hospital again. They, don't, they take a care of everyone else but themselves. And they question, why am I sick? Well, because you haven't taken care of yourself because you've been taking care of others. And yes, that is a positive thing, but where, where does that leave you for yourself? And if you can just even use nutrition to help yourself out, that's like pretty much everything right there because you don't need to belong to a gym. You can go walking. You can spend time in the sun. You know, you, you can spend- You can time- use YouTube videos. That's right too, you know? And there's so much things out there that you don't need to be in a gym. But if you have your nutrition, you know, that's pretty much everything else. Like, what is that? Like 70%, 80% of everything is is nutrition. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much like, you, you pretty much won your day. If you have the better choices in nutrition. Totally. It all comes back to the basics. Yep.
0: You know what you eat becomes your cells. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mel, it has been so great having you on. I always love talking to you. I can't wait to do this again. I mean, like I said, we can talk forever absolutely um and we will we'll do this again have you and johnny on for another episode or oh that'll be fun yeah that'll be really fun um yeah thank you so much and i mean i everyone who's listening i just really encourage you to you know reach out to mel to um check out her content follow her i love following her stuff it's so the personal stories just are so relatable um And I mean, especially if you're a busy, married, working mom, I mean, this is it. That's what that's what Mel specializes in. It's like specifically for you. So you have to you have to check it out. Um, Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for being here, Mel. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nicole, because I know I'm going through my own journey. And thank you for having me on because you know, without you, you know, without what you do, without women connecting, without connection, we can't do this alone. And so I thank you again. And like, let's talk again. Like, that's so fun. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate
0: that. And thank all of you for listening to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. If you are a holistic therapist or if you're looking for a holistic therapist, make sure you check out the directory. And don't forget that if you are a mom who is looking to reach high levels of fitness and health despite being sleep deprived and interrupted every two minutes, check out superbusymommycoach.com. Look for the intro discount, uh, 50% off the do-it-yourself transformation. And I can't wait to hear from you guys and see your results. Take care. You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us
1: again and get your badass on.